Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tokens Podcast. I'm Iris and your co-host. I'm here with Jeff. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. Fun day today, Iris. Friday, fun day. And Memorial Day weekend, we're kicking it off with the announcement of the Tokens platform. We're so excited to have as our guest today, Matt Kowalczyk. Matt, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm Matt Kowalczyk. I'm a longtime technologist. I've been in the industry about 35 years. Uh, some great highlights is I spent a long time working at Microsoft, worked on uh, a pet project for Bill Gates back in 2000 when we pitched him the idea of the tablet PC. After Microsoft, uh, I've gone on to start uh, 11 other startups and, uh, and been executive of a few other companies. I've also served as a venture partner at a VC firm, and I currently am the CEO of Exit 83 Consulting, located in Seattle, Washington. We've been here about 15 years, have about 45 employees where we are doing uh, custom software development and managed staffing uh, with people located here in the States and about half of our team located in South America. So I have a deep uh, passion for crypto as well as uh, tech in general. Uh, And so I'm very honored to be part of this podcast. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to be helping um, Iris on the tokens platform and acting as an advisor. And so uh, with that, I've been able to provide some good insights on how I think about the, the crypto future and how it might affect the platform that they're building. Love it. Yeah. Thanks again, Matt, for all of your help in getting not only to this watershed moment in the business, but to, to, you know, that your everyday support and building out tokens, it's been so incredibly helpful to us. So Matt, a serial entrepreneur, advisor to tokens, and also a thought leader in the tech space. Uh, we did a little preamble before we kicked this podcast off and I saw Jeff's eyebrows go up and the antenna raised because there's a lot of curiosity, I think, around what you um what you're what you are building in your businesses, but also the philosophy behind them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, one thing that would be really interesting is to talk about a little bit, just at a higher level, about what tokens is and how I envision tokens can be uh, can fit into this future that I envision, and maybe pot- potentially taking that future and building it and expanding upon it to show you what I think the broader outlook might enable. So Iris, remind us again, what is tokens? 
tokens, the first kid safe and family focused NFT marketplace and experience. <laughs> and so NFTs, which stands for non-fungible tokens, is a part of um, some blockchain technologies, which essentially is used to represent a thing. And I say that loosely, a thing on the blockchain. Typically, that thing tends to be some digital content. But what's happening today is I think that digital content has been used to represent access and ownership of these digitized stupid apes, as well as some other like artwork that you think you could buy for millions of dollars, but you everybody else can view it, everybody else can have a copy of it, but somehow you own it because of what it says on the blockchain. That's my that's that's a interestingly <laughs> They're not interesting. stupid, Matt. They're just bored. Exactly. <laughs> so as you might be able to tell, I've I've so I've played with NFTs. I've been a part of some NFT projects. I'm obviously I'm helping on tokens, and I just think that NFTs are kind of misunderstood, and they're not being utilized correctly. Yes, they can be uh, created and used as a way to uh, authenticate ownership of some piece of digital content. Sure, you can do that, and then you can resell them using uh, a platform and tie a smart contract to it. And a smart contract is essentially a digitized contract that gets invoked anytime a special event happens to a particular token. And it's written in code, not written in paper. And so that code enforces the, the what's going to happen when this event occurs. When I say event, typically that can mean something like something has happened in the world that triggers the smart contract to say, Let's say in Seattle, it hit 100 degrees. This is where I'm located. Maybe that triggered something in the NFT, and now the smart contract lights up and does something different. Typically, the event that is invoked in an NFT is a transaction when one person sells the NFT to another person. And when that happens, the smart contract goes into effect, and it manages the terms of that transaction. And that typically, what's really interesting about this contract is that it's immutable, which means it lives as part of the NFT and can never be changed or altered. It can be added to, but it can never be changed from what the original contract is. And so that gives some value to everybody involved with, <clears throat> excuse me, with the sale and buying of these NFTs. And so a lot of that technology and a lot of that um, uh, uh, utilization of these contracts plays into the future of what tokens is doing, and I think it has a broader effect on NFTs in general. Um, so, Iris, remind us again how, what do you think, how do you see tokens are leveraging smart contracts? Yeah, well, we can leverage smart contracts to bring additional utility and benefits to our users by building within them the the, the gap, bridging the gap within the smart contracts between the physical and the digital experience. Right, exactly, exactly. And so, in the and on top of that, I also think um, what's interesting is that you can enforce uh, a royalty structure within smart contracts as well. So the buyer and the seller uh, of an NFT basically have a contract that says, "Hey, we're going to buy. We're going to we're going to somebody's going to sell this piece of digital content, and I'm going to buy it." But you can set it up so that every time a transaction takes place, 
the original content owner or creator can get a royalty or a piece of the transaction every time it happens. And so that's a unique thing that doesn't really happen with other types of digital content today. And it's not enforceable in other types of digital content. And so this is enforceable every time a sale happens, whether it's in a particular platform or what they say off platform. And I think that that provides all kinds of interesting stuff. So <clears throat> as we've seen NFTs being used today, they typically are used for artwork or these little pieces of uh, uh, algorithmically created uh, cartoony types of JPEGs that provide scarcity and some desire for them because of the scarcity behind them. I'm referring to like Bored Apes and there's a few other ones that are out there. And that's all fun and good. And this, there's smart contracts that are embedded in each one of those and that has some intrinsic value. But you know what, At the end of the day, there's no real value there other than scarcity and demand. And it doesn't really associate itself with anything in the real world. In fact, it's kind of funny money. And when people go to buy those NFTs, they're typically using crypto, which they've acquired when it was really cheap to get crypto and now is worth a whole bunch of money. And so that's funny money buying funny tokens. And it doesn't really add up for me. Now, where I see NFTs really, and feel free to interrupt me, both of you. I, I, keep I tend going. To, now, I'm I, learning I, a lot as you talk, so you just keep talking and okay. don't feel bad. If, if, if something comes up and we need to interject, <laughs> we have no reservations about doing so. The reason we are quiet right now is because we are getting knowledge. Okay. Well, some, I, I didn't mean to go into a master class of NFTs, but I think I'm kind of doing No, that I think right it's now. important. It's relevant to our audience. And that's kind of, <laughs> kind of what tokens is about, you know, is making sure that our audience is uh, up to date, right? That they're informed <laughs> and also that they're educated, that they get educated about this whole process. And, you know, it would be very hard for just an average person to jump into like OpenSea and start trying to swim around in there. And we're hoping that exactly. tokens provides a platform where people can actually feel very confident about dipping their toe in the water, getting comfortable in the, in the NFT space. And uh, that's so it makes sense. Keep going. Yeah, so, you do you, Matt. I've, okay. So I've told you a little bit about the history and the current use of NFTs. And there's some obvious pitfalls with that um, because there is no, there's no tangible value. There's intrinsic value, but there's no tangible value that's associated with these NFTs. And where I think the future is going is where these NFTs will end up becoming something that represents tangible value in the physical world, right? And so there's actual utility behind the NFT versus just a bored ape. Um, so that when you have an NFT, it represents uh, the ability to be the first one to purchase a piece of merchandise that's highly collectible. But like, let's say for tokens, happens to be a, a kid's toy that it only has so many that are available each year and you have first access to it each year if you have this particular token. And because you have this special access to the special types of toys, that has value and you can resell that special access as the token. And so you can see where this token is representing something in the real world. And as that special thing becomes, the special access becomes more and more valuable, the value of that token can increase. And the person who owns 
that the toy store, let's call it, I'm going to keep going with this example, who owns the toy store that gives you special access, they could um, potentially get a, uh, a royalty every time that token is resold. And so you have the buyer and the seller and you have the original service provider who are all part of this transaction, buying and selling special access or something in the real world that you normally wouldn't have. Now that that gets to one thing that's that's interesting is where I actually see NFTs uh, right now they kind of represent art and I think they're more of a tool that can help do promotion and marketing for brands and merchandise providers and service providers. Whereas you can use these NFTs that provide special utility in the real world, people want to get them, but the fact that you have them for sale drives people to go and look at them, play with the NFT. And even if they don't buy them, they're promoting the brand and creating engagement with the brand just on the very nature of what it is. I see this as a new engagement utility, a new engagement technology, I should say, not utility, new engagement technology for advertising. And so uh, you'll have these big brands, whether it's somebody like, say, Marvel, who wants to create a, a set of NFTs for uh, the Avengers. And it's interesting that you can go collect them. Yay, you can collect them. But then people will want to go and do that. But if you collect four or five, you get something very special. You get another NFT that has something that represents uh, access, first viewing access to the next five movies or something like that. But you tie what's happening on this digital token with something that's accessible in the real world. And that's that combination. And then utilizing that for specific brands to help build the brand that I think is going to really promote and be the next generation of how this technology is being utilized. So that, that's my take of the near-term future. And I think that's gonna to come to realization in the next 12, 18 months. There's also another aspect of NFTs that I think is going to really take off once people understand that this is possible, is that you, you can do the reverse of that, whereas an NFT represents something in the real world. You could do something in the real world where you get an NFT. Go back to the Marvel uh, uh, example earlier. If you went to the first viewing of a Marvel movie and the first day it was opened or the very first thing, they could have an NFT that you could perhaps collect on your phone using a QR code at the movie theater. And so it encourage, which might have some value later on, either as a collectible kind of like uh, ticket stubs. And you see this happening already in the NFL where the NFL has made uh, this whole ticket stub platform turned into NFT. So if you attended a, a game, you can get a ticket stub. And it can happen the same way. And that becomes the real world, providing some way to collect things that have happened in the real world and selling them as a commemorative item. And it's different than utility, but it is still the physical digital world connection that I think is going to happen. And this one could be done on location. What's interesting about that, it ties into what I said earlier, which is building the brand and doing marketing and advertising. That can be the access to that NFT that's only available in the movie theaters could be a way to get people to come to movie theaters again, which if I don't know if you've been to a movie recently, you go to a movie and there's like three people in the theater. Nobody goes to movies anymore, right? It's pretty rough out there. Yeah, this could be a way to attract people to come back to the movie theaters. Right, so, to incentivize that in-person experience. 
and and you could do this with cartoons you could do this with with um uh packages like you could go and buy a piece of merchandise from whomever let's say and it's say it's a, a pack of um pokemon cards and on the inside of the packaging there is a qr code for an nft that's redeemable once and then what becomes really interesting about that is if you redeem that q that that nft the pokemon the company who makes these cards now has some data on who just bought that card whereas in the pack in the past that information about who's buying their their merchandise has been kind of disconnected and they don't have the way to collect data and so this is another tool with nfts this is going to be a data collection mechanism tying real world things to actual people now i mean you will have your PII will be totally obfuscated and yeah. stuff like that. But yeah. they'll know location. They'll know the, 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 the gender of the person. They'll know their age, probably things like that. They'll know without knowing the person directly. Right. And that is super powerful because you can't do that with fiat currency today. It's not possible. And so this becomes a way to get this, this data for all these, these um, merchandise uh, makers. So right. anyway, so, that's that's a lot of my view of the NFT space. And I think it's going to drastically change here, like I said, in 12 to 18 months to do more of those things and less of the artworky type thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's less about what is an NFT and why would somebody want a JPEG? Why would someone want to pay for a JPEG? It's not even about answering that question. It's about reframing the question entirely. It's about, okay, you're looking at it you're looking at it wrong. It's when you look at it like a ticket to ride or a key to access a door, then it, it takes on a whole new shape. That's right. I mean, what if you got it, Willy Wonka's golden ticket and you got it as an NFT and you could go visit the, the candy factory once a year because you got the golden ticket. And, and if they didn't really care who came and went to visit the candy, the, the, the store each year or the, the, the chocolate factory each year, you could resell that NFT to whomever. And they kind of actually did that in the movie when somebody went to go and buy all the candy mm-hmm. so they could get the golden ticket, right? They just used money to get the access. Veruca's so dad did that. Yeah, exactly. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. Your brain needs support and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So, Matt, you talked a lot about how NFTs will have, uh, you know, value in the real world and that conversion from the digital world interconnectivity from the digital world to the physical world, which is cool and awesome. Uh, But what are the implications for, like, the digital world itself as it evolves, maybe even into the metaverse? Uh, The thing that comes to my mind 
is that um, I have a an eight-year-old that loves to play in these platforms like Roblox and stuff like that. And he's oftentimes like paying actual real dollar bills to acquire like wardrobe. You know, they don't, they don't make him stronger. They don't do anything for his character. They just style him, right? A hat or a shirt that differentiates him from other characters. And he'll like pay a premium for that. Can that stuff be NFTized or eyesed? It it could, and that could be the medium used, but there's been resource building and selling in games for almost two decades at this point. So one of my first roles at Microsoft was I was a lead uh, in the games group. And I actually, I helped on the only game that I worked on, wasn't the lead on this game, but I helped on it was the first Age of Empires. Um, so if you've ever played that, it, that was way back when. This shows you how old I am. Um, but so I worked on a handful of games, and even back then, you could buy resources on the internet, which was slow as molasses at the time. But you could buy resources from other people, and they would have resource farms, usually offshore, like real people playing games, collecting a million dollars of co- or a million coin and selling it online for hundred bucks and you could go buy it and they would they would send you the money inside the game or the coin inside the game right and so that has been going on for ages and so the fact that you can do this now with an nft it's just a different medium to manage it now well the one thing that everybody thinks is the holy grail about nfts and gaming is not the holy grail and is not going to happen and i'm not sure why people still try to believe this that they think that you can take resources from one game, say Roblox, buy it as an NFT, and then take it over to something else, let's say Minecraft, or pick some other game, right? Or like um, Call of Duty or Halo. Like that, so that there are so many reasons why that that world will not exist in a broad way. That it, it first off, the technology doesn't exist because you have many different types of rendering engines. You couldn't even render the object in the game to begin with. So the technology isn't there. Even if you could say that the resource transferred, you can't render the object because you don't know what it is. And like whether you're using Unity or some other rendering tool, they're, they're not, there's no guarantee they're going to be compatible. So that's one. Second, the incentives aren't there for a game developer to let you bring in out of off-platform resources into their game. They don't know the rules of the resource. They don't know how it'll be utilized in the game. And they don't make any money from it. And that's the biggest deal. Why would they ever allow that? And then thirdly, the legal ramifications of you've got one game company and their legal department that manages and owns the copyright to a particular thing, a particular resource. And then you try and pull that into another game, which has another company and another legal team. Those those two companies have to come to an agreement that that's okay legally. And I don't know about you, but I do a lot with lawyers and they work slow as molasses. I use that metaphor again, as I said earlier, and getting those two companies to agree on something like that is just, it'll, it could happen, but it's not likely. So I, I think there is a way to make some of this work in the NFT space and it gets to a more broader topic. Um, and I'm going to go a little bit off script here and talk about this broader topic that I've, and I've got a Business Insider article coming out on it and on a theory called, or a prediction called the Ecoverse. And so the Ecoverse is essentially a walled garden of 
games, services, metaverses, everything that resides within a single company's walled garden. I'll say it again. And so essentially what that is, is um, access to all the services that a company may provide within one, with one way to get in. And then every type of service that's in that walled garden can transact with each other. So let me give you an example, because I said a lot of stuff there and it was kind of confusing. Right. So first off, think of um, what's going to be happening with, uh, we'll start the very tippy top of which is access to the services. Access to services is all going to uh, aggregate into a handful of what we call super apps. Super apps, and it's already happening. If you've ever used WeChat and you've been in China, you've seen a super app in action. And that, in that super app, you can do everything from pay your utility bills to order, a, go get a haircut, all with inside the single app. Not 10 different apps, not all these different, just all the services are accessible within one app. And so it's just starting to take hold in the US. Probably the first super app that you've ever used and didn't realize it is a super app is Uber. So Uber, you can go and you can, you can rent a car. I mean, you can get a car ride. You can get a, a bike. You can get a scooter. Now you can rent a car, as I was saying earlier. You can book airline tickets. You can book train tickets. You can get uh, food delivered. Uh, you can get your groceries delivered. And it's going to keep, and now they're soon going to offer you the ability to get concert tickets. And so you can now see all of these services are all being provided inside of a single app. And so that's one, that's a, that's an example of a super app, but a super app is going to live with these bigger companies. And that super app is going to be the access to the rest of the, the ecoverse inside the ecoverse. You're going to have the super app, which will give you all these services, but also will give you the ability to work with things like metaverses or other types of bigger properties. So, an easy example here is Amazon. Amazon has, um, uh, everyone's familiar with their retail stuff that they do online, but they have really, they have like about 12 to 15 different mobile apps that you can get in the iOS store. And that's ridiculous. That's, that's all right. going to get consolidated into one app. And within the one app, they'll give you access to Prime Video. They'll give you access to Prime Now, they'll give you access to their retail stuff, they'll give you access to Audible, they'll give you access to uh, Amazon Music, Alexa. Um, Alexa, all the things, right? They will all be available. Now, if you look at what Amazon is also doing, they have technology that lives in the real world now, not just in the app space. So things like Amazon Go and Amazon One. Amazon Go is the cameras that sit inside of a retail store that monitor people as they come in and out. So you can do the just walk out thing. So you don't, you can buy, pick up something and you can walk out the door and you don't have to pay for it automatically gets charged to your Amazon account. And then you have the other part, which is they have Amazon one, which is you use your palm and your palm is your identification. So you can use your palm to check out your palm is tied to your Amazon account. And so you can use that to, and you can do this in whole foods right now. You can just use your palm, get your groceries, walk out the door, and it charges, it uses both your um, Whole Foods loyalty card and your credit cards tied to your palm. You, you don't even need your phone at this point, which is crazy. 
And then so obviously crazy. there's Whole Foods and now they have some of the brick and mortar stores besides the Amazon One stores and they are Go stores. They have a bunch of other stores. Now they've closed a few down, but these are physical stores that exist in the real world. And all of your purchases, all of the things you do are going to be managed through their super app. I guarantee that that will happen. And within the super ecoverse space, let's go back to that description again. You're typically going to have, besides some of the services I mentioned, you're typically going to have a social aspect. You're also going to have a, a, a maybe a productivity aspect, a gaming aspect. Amazon has Twitch. They also have like two or three other like metaverses that they they manage. Um, they don't have a social aspect. And here's a tip: if anybody's paying attention to the stock market, I guarantee you. I guarantee is probably too strong a word, but if I were a betting man, I would say look at Pinterest and you see how that fits in with the long-term strategy of what Amazon is doing. And you see how cheap Pinterest is right now. I would think it's under $20 a share. It's ripe for somebody to buy it and have it fit into their suite of services. And Google, oh, Google, Amazon is the, the obvious place where that would fit. Now take this step, one step further. What about, what about AWS? Does, how does that fit in? Um, so AWS tends to be more of the plumbing that would manage how all of those things talk to each other. Gotcha. Right? And, right. And so I, so it, and I see that because it's less, it's more infrastructure facing versus customer facing and everything I've said so far is more customer type facing things. Now the one thing where AWS could play, and I think this will happen is how do all those services transact with each other? And this is, a, and remember back to the NFT thing that we talked about earlier. NFTs are great for being able to connect something in the real world with something in the digital space. And you can use that in order to track who is doing those certain things. Well, if you're going to go buy something from, you got somebody breaking into your house or <laughs> the storm out there. <clears throat> honestly i don't know what's going on something going on outside of jeff's window somebody's Sorry. really interested in this space apparently they want to they're they're peeking in over your shoulder to look they want to come into bit. they want to come into jeff's walled garden yeah exactly. need an nft to access sorry so so going one step further here is the transactions that will happen between these services will probably be handled through crypto not in fiat will always you'll always be able to use fiat to say you go through the super app in order to buy your groceries you can always be able to use fiat to do that but if you are doing that with a let's call it a prime coin and then you're able then and you have all kinds of prime coins that you can use to transact throughout the entire ecoverse that sits underneath amazon's walled garden they'll be able to track how that data how that that um, cryptocurrency is being utilized and who's using it to buy what. And it will pro provide them with a plethora of data that they would not normally get just by using fiat currency. You so know, all the Amazon, thing. all the Amazon biz devs right now are like taking notes. They're like, Oh, right? these are great ideas. <laughs> well, and it gets, it gets a little bit more interesting when you talk about metaverses and games too. And so, if you remember back to what I said, there were three major issues. One was technology, uh, the second was incentives, and the third was legal. Well, if the metaverses all are under one ecoverse, 
Well, two out of those three are already taken care of because they're all managed by one organization. And then the last problem is technology. And if you have the other two incentives gone, well, there's an incentive to build some compatible technology. So something from one metaverse that lives inside of the Amazon walled garden or their ecoverse will be compatible with the other. And the transaction that you use to buy all of that stuff inside of those metaverses would be the prime coins that you would also use at Whole Foods. And so you can see how you have this entire world that is like this Amazon world where they're collecting hordes of data about user uh, um, buying habits and how, what they're doing within the entire space. And that's just one company. Microsoft is going to do this. And you can see it happening in the professional landscape and with Microsoft. They have their social, which is LinkedIn. They have productivity, which is all everything office. They have, um, uh, they have, um, a, but they just did the Activision uh, thing where they bought Activision for 60 whatever billion dollars, right? So it's going to be another set of metaverses. And then they have, um, they also have uh, the Xbox worlds that sit in there too. And then we'll probably, and that you can look at the other thing to do is I do this a lot is you look and see what job openings each of these companies have, and you can kind of discern where they're going with their technology. And both companies have a ton of blockchain uh, positions open. Yeah. It and was so just like when obviously... Disney was posting all of those metaverse and blockchain tech and manager positions. You could just, it's, it's such a tell on and where they're going. Disney's going to do this. Sony is going to do this. They're all going to. Now, they're not going to be the identical types of services in each place and the, the ecoverse and each thing. But the, the core thing of a super app, a, a, a cryptocurrency that's internal to the, that ecoverse, those two things are going to happen. And access to multiple services where and where all the resources from the different services will be able to be uh, utilized in each other space. That's all going to happen. And you see some of these things happening. I've already mentioned Amazon. Think of what Meta is doing. So Meta is in the process of creating a new cryptocurrency that allows you to buy and sell ads both on Instagram and Facebook at the same time. And they're doing that through a cryptocurrency, not fiat. And so this it's, it's that's coming the so-called, to pass. the so-called Zuckbucks, right? Right, right. I think that's their, their code name for it at the moment. But, but so it's, it's happening. These things are coming to pass. And so and I think of the future and I think of like, where does tokens live in all of this? Well, where does it live in all of this, Matt? Do tell. Right. So I think it plays a key part of it being a potential service to one or multiple of these ecoverses. So Disney would be the, the obvious one. Right now, whether Disney would actually want to work with you or decide to or build it on their own that's a different question but this the, there's a logical place where you would fit inside the disney ecoverse but you could see other people like hasbro or some other major merchandise provider teaming up with a microsoft or teaming up with an amazon where you could play in that space and i can see you be part of the amazon world too because of all the retail options right and you could create essentially a social network for kids that would live inside of that space where they can now transact with NFTs that relate to something like real merchandise, which they could then go acquire with their prime coin on the main Amazon website. Right. right? right. So, so basically tokens can be 
one of the content and kid entertainment providers, NFT and games and communities for one of these, or maybe multiple, no, probably one of these ecoverses, um, because all of them are going to need that, that digital extension uh, into NFT entertainment kid. Right. And they all, and more than the entertainment, they need the engagement and they need to be able to track the engagement and use tokens as a mechanism to, to harvest that data of engagement for their particular brand. And that's what, and that's where tokens will live. So the ecoverse is basically, or the ecoverses are consolidations of big tech products into one kind of digital ecology. Is this a beautiful future or is this like, scary big brother stuff. I think it's both. <laughs> yeah. and, and it always is, right? And it always has been. It's just an evolution. Uh, that That's the way I see it. And we, we've got all these different countries right now in the world and all these different countries have their own currencies. And if you go across the border and you want to transact in that country, you've got to convert your dollars to whatever that currency is. And we're seeing the same thing happen, but instead of countries, they're corporations. And that's the way that capitalism has taken the world in the past hundred years. So, um, yeah, there's, there's this like race to build out your own metaverse and to launch your own currency for that metaverse. And then it, it, the big question in my mind becomes, what is the reserve currency going to be for the world? And, and that might be what, whatever that intermediate is where, that you have to hold when you're bouncing from the Amazon ecosystem, ecoverse to the meta ecoverse, depending on what you want to do during your day. Yeah. Microsoft. I mean, like in my work day, I'm probably going to be, you know, logged into my, my Microsoft ecoverse. And then when the work day ends, you know, I'm like, bye, bye, Bill Gates. You know, I'm, I'm heading over to wherever I get my entertainment. Right. Their hope is that you'll go play call of duty and you won't play (laughs) Roblox. Right. That's, that's a $69 billion bet that they just made. Yeah. And they're probably not wrong. Uh, I think tokens fits in wonderfully to all of this because it's the best place for an education, right? To get indoctrinated and to learn the tools of the trade as you're growing up in this brave new world that we're describing right now. 100%. Uh, Yeah. And so, I I mean, you asked about what's going to be the universal currency. And if I knew the answer to that, I wouldn't be on this podcast i'd be going and investing in it right now right. or you'd be on your yacht on your private near your private island yeah. right right but but you can venture guess that none of these companies have an incentive to want you to trade what i call the microsoft coin which is called a i'm calling it a blibit to a and there's a long history of what a blibit is at microsoft from a blibit into a prime coin and from a prime coin into i don't know what you call it uh mickey coin um, like I, I don't, I, there's going to be a huge incentive to not allow that transaction to happen. And they're not going to use like the whip they will use the carrot to make that happen. Because if For you sure. own a prime coin, the, what you buy in the Amazon ecoverse might be 20% cheaper if you use the prime coin than if you use fiat. And so they're going to want you to hold on to that prime coin as much as possible because you'll be able to buy things and you'll and so if you transfer it out into like whatever the the mickey coin then you might lose that capability and so they will use a carrot in these huge incentives for you to always transact in their own cryptocurrency isn't it crazy go ahead 
No, go ahead, finish. Go ahead. I was going to say, isn't it crazy to think, Jeff, that we just learned about the ecoverse and yet we've been already living in it for however long? Like, yeah. It's, it's a, happening, you know, that that's, that's like we say, right? This is the future, but the future is now. Like, it's happening. And um, it's important for those that want to thrive in this new world, you know, do what they need to to get educated and, um, you know, just like start swimming, right? Just get, get comfortable in those waters because it's not going anywhere. We're watching it evolve right in front of our eyes. And it, and once you're in, like there's, it's going to be sticky, right? It's going to be hard to get out. It, so you need to be judicious about, you, you know, which ones you want to actually get into. Um, it's it's all very interesting. It's it's a little dizzying, if, if I'm honest. And so to that point, one of the questions I get asked constantly when I tell people the way the world's going is, okay, what's that mean to me? What should I be doing now, right? And so the first thing I tell people is buy take Bitcoin. a little, no, for real, for real, buy, go spend a little bit of money, money that you're okay losing, pretending you're in Vegas instead of going to Vegas that one extra day, use the money that you would use in Vegas and go learn about the technologies and the different types of coins that are out there and how they're being used. Go buy some board ape for 50 bucks and see how, what the process is like what that means, what, what's it mean to own an alternative coin? What's it mean to have a wallet? What's it mean to do all of these things? And there's plenty of tutorials on the internet that'll tell you how to do all this stuff. And I'll tell you, it's not easy, but, and it will all get a lot easier as the days go on. But if you understand it now and what's going on, you'll be an expert in a year compared to everybody else and you'll be ahead of the game. So that's one thing. The second thing, that you should consider and don't take investing advice from me because I'm not that person and I'm not allowed to give you investing advice, but you should see where the logical other companies are that sit in, that are by themselves, that could become part of an ecoverse. I mean, I obviously, I think Elon Musk saw some of this, although he, I know he's on his high horse about the first amendment and all this other BS. Um, I think there is a play there that he's, he's going to be doing and it's going to be with him. He's probably going to call up his friend, Jack Dorsey, and say, okay, Block, which is now a fintech company, but has a ton of money, is going to need a social tool. And in fact, you even saw this before I even get there. In, in Elon Musk's uh, pitch deck to go raise money, he said in five years, they want to use Twitter to manage uh, transactions on the internet. And so you can send money through Twitter, right? And so... He's already there and he's already been talking about all the services that would reside next to the social that, that they have. So think about where the logical aspects, I talked about Pinterest earlier, right? There's Twitter, there's, there's a few other ones. You could do your own homework and figure out which ones they are. I mean, Snap would be an easy one for somebody to acquire nowadays because of how far they fell. They've fallen 65% in the last week. And so they are super cheap buy at this point. Somebody like a Sony who needs, who just purchased, um, uh, was it Bungie or no, they, they just purchased a big game company, but they don't have a social network. You could see them wanting to buy a social network in order to fit inside with all everything that's going on. So that's the other thing I would do is think about if you like doing speculative investing, think about what the ecoverse is going to look like in a year or two and which companies have gaps in it and which company, what 
companies they would want to acquire to fill those gaps. So that's a, that's a very obvious second thing to do. And then third, if you're looking to build technology like tokens is, how start building with this knowledge in mind so that you can let people transact with your platform in an ecoverse and be able to take different types of, whether it's crypto or be able to make NFTs play well with other types of platforms, whichever it is. But think about before we're thinking about what's happening with the, the world, what these ecoverses provide and build your technology so it can interact with that ecoverse. And so that's the third thing. Matt Kowalczyk, so happy to have you in it as an advisor for tokens and um, <laughs> and to just have your your thought leadership in general for, for our podcast, for our listeners. I think, I mean, every time we talk, I have new ideas for how we can implement the, the, the principles or the foundation of what will become the ecoverse in what we're building now. Right. So, awesome. you know, we're just we're I'm, I'm thrilled to not only, um, you know, have you you know, as such a, a trusted part of what we're building, but to have you share some of this, you know, with, with our listeners who I think are I probably learned a lot today because I know I did. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. And um, if you have any other questions or you want to understand a little bit more about what we're doing, I mean, first place I would go is I would look at the, the tokens website and start look or start talking to uh, Iris and start learning more about what they're doing with NFTs and if it's something of interest to you, talk to her and she'll put you in touch with me. Yeah. Well, is there any any other way that you'd like to share where people can follow or find you directly? Well, we're, I wasn't going to tell you my website because we're in the we're doing a rebrand at the moment. And it's the old website from like three years old at this point. So it is exit83.com. You can go there to learn a little bit more about me and what we're doing in the consulting space. Like I said, we're in the middle of a rebrand. We have a new website that'll be available in a couple weeks. Um, but I'm a little embarrassed now from the old one because it's so. <laughs> but you can look at that. You can also find me over on LinkedIn, and that that's another easy way to find me. Um, uh, I think my LinkedIn handle is just Matt K. So, um, so LinkedIn.com/in/ Matt K. Perfect. Yeah, I think that sounds great. And uh, maybe by the time this episode airs, website will be shiny, new, and ready. <laughs> I hope so. I'm never happy with it, though. <laughs> All right. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. It was really great awesome. to meet you. I learned so much. Oh, my pleasure. I'm glad, I'm glad to provide and talk about where I think things are going. I think it's really exciting, and I, I hope everybody takes uh, – advantage with this knowledge and they can do something to make it better for themselves. So. Awesome. Thanks again, Matt. So Matt Kowalczyk, our guest on today's uh, tokens podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, then consider following us on social. Where do they find us, Jeff? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, like we're pretty much everywhere. Put in tokens, you'll find us. Drop us a follow, smash that like. And uh, yeah, we'll get you educated. We'll keep you informed. That's what we're here to do. And of course, subscribe to the Tokens Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this and we'll see you next time.
Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, the Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the Interviews. Electric Ass. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electric acid. Electric acid.